Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on the Leader Byte Stories podcast today. On the podcast, we talk about leadership, learning, and life. And I am really so excited for my guest, Ralton Emery, to share a little bit of his story today and some tips he's learned about leading that you might be able to take and apply in your own work or your everyday life. Now, Ralton is a membership manager for an international professional society. I'm going to let Ralton share a little bit more about that with you. Today, we're going to look at leadership in the context of building relationships, maintaining your own reputation, and your own wellness as a leader, and even how to do that when you're in a position that puts you on the road a lot. So if you're a lot of those travelers out there, if you're a listener and you're a traveler, hopefully you'll be able to pull some good stuff from this. So let's dive right in. Ralton, my friend, welcome to the Leader Byte Stories podcast. Well, thank you, Chester. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me today. And as you said, I am a, uh, a membership manager for a professional society, so that does put me on the road quite a bit. I deal with people from around the world, actually, whether it's uh, I've had interactions with people from Japan. Uh, I travel probably once or twice a month uh, for a week at a time, usually. Uh, where I'm going to uh, meet people where they are mm. and meet meet them where they're at in the, in their life to make them uh, more successful for what they're doing in their specific jobs. I like it. Now, we've known each other for years, but for those who may not be familiar, can you share uh, just a little bit about where you've come from and then what it is you do day to day and who you do it for and the terms of people that you serve. Right. So uh, how I got here was I've, I've been uh, a people person pretty much all my life. And, yes, you and, have. And since, uh, since the days we've known each other mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago when we first met, I, I wanted to make sure that I get to know people uh, because each person has their own individual story. So I, I, I use that in, in the context of where I work now and, and for what I've done for years, really. And so what I do is uh, deal with people in engineering mostly, uh, and they... Engineers typically are your introverted type of people. I, <laughs> they are a unique group of people. Exactly. And so, um, and sometimes, you know, it's hard to get them out of their shell. Right. So I have to, um, you know, have conversations with them where I ask them what their needs are. I ask them how I can help them because I want to make their life better, connect them to uh, the resource or people or or whatever they need to be able to make their job better. That's awesome. You know, uh, it's one thing about working with engineers. I actually work at the university um, uh, where Ralton eventually uh, graduated as well. We both graduated from that university, and it's primarily a university with a lot of engineers on campus. My father-in-law actually is an engineer, and he graduated from the same university. So I can speak to the fact that they're they're highly intelligent and very motivated in their area, in their field, but sometimes right. a little more introverted. And I just have to say this also, we are actually meeting in the very building where we met many years ago. I'm not going to say how many. <laughs> Maybe it's closer to 30 or 20, 20-something years 20, ago? 25. Oh, 25. Okay, yep. that's what I thought. Um, okay, so in this job where you do go out and you go to people and you meet them where they are, 
How does that play out logistically? If I understand correctly, you do. You mentioned some travel. You mm-hmm. do a lot of travel. Correct. So how does that work? How often are you on the road? Usually once or twice a month, and and the the timing varies as far as days of the uh, days that I'm gone. So uh, most of the time, I'm usually gone during the week, uh, usually for a week. Okay. Uh, but there are times where I am going on the weekends occasionally for specific purposes, maybe meetings or what what have you. Uh, but usually once or twice a month, and it, it varies for seasons, right? So mm-hmm. uh, January, I was mainly in my office, not having to travel a lot. February, I've had to be gone for a week and a half. Okay. So. Where is your office located? Is it it's in Kingston. But then you go really all over the place. I do. Yeah, where are some places have you been? So uh, Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've traveled to 47 of the 48 continental United States. Uh, I have yet to found a way to get to North Dakota, <laughs> okay. but I, I, I want to go there as well. But uh, yeah, I've traveled in in just everywhere. It's okay. it's an amazing experience. I get to meet a lot of people, so it's it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, and you travel a lot more than I do, but I know that travel can sometimes also be a little taxing mm-hmm. as well. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with people who travel, uh, but I've never really dived into some of the things I want I really want us to dive into today. So do you mind if we take the conversation just a little bit deeper? Mm-hmm. I know that's a, a, a lot of travel. Right. So in your line of work, um, relationships are important. Um, and when, you, when you're going to these places and you're staying over for a long period of time, I'm sure you kind of have to shift gears a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not with your family. Uh, you're, you kind of have to... I guess just be in a different mode, travel right. mode. Right. I don't know if travel you have a travel mode. mode. Right. I know that actually, I, I noticed that also, um, you, you work out, you make sure you mm-hmm. work out and things like that. So, um, take me a little bit into, um, your thought process when you're, you are away from family, mm-hmm. uh, just, um, you know, just, um, protecting yourself, your integrity, mm-hmm. um, and just being the person that you would normally be at home when you're on the road. Right. So it really starts with a great support system. Uh, my family, my wife, uh, Renee, she's wonderful. My kids are great. Uh, we, we set times where, you know, we do connect and that, that keeps me engaged in their lives, keeps them engaged in my life. Um, you have to be disciplined. Uh, it's, and I, I know people, say that discipline's a, a bad word a lot of times in their minds, but it's it's really it keeps you out of a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whether it's uh, whether it's working out, you ha- it, it's a great release to work out. It de-stresses you while you're on the road, and I know that's so hard because when you're out trying to, uh, especially for business travelers, when they're out there, uh, you know, the temptation is to go out, and and you have to do the business aspects mm-hmm. of it. But if if you discipline yourself to stay connected uh, with what grounds you, right? right, and so what can de-stress you, it de- definitely makes that travel a lot easier. Now, do you do a lot of like FaceTime and things I do. like that? We do. Uh, family doesn't necessarily have a, a set schedule. As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. A lot of times when I'm traveling, uh, my, my wife and I will be on the phone together. And my son will be FaceTiming me at the same time. From a different room in our house, right? <laughs> just to, right. Just to uh, just to talk, but we do FaceTime, uh, text. Of course, at this point with family is is critical because mm-hmm. even if I'm in meetings or something, I can always shoot off a text and and they can respond. So you know that's how we stay connected. And then uh, you mentioned the. Uh, the gym, um, definitely a place you'll probably find me at any hotel I'm staying at. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's like I said, it's a great way to de-stress. In and, a sense, when you're traveling and things like that, it opens up opportunities to do some of those things right. that you wouldn't normally get to do when you are at home. So there's there's I mean there's some right. positives to that. Correct to that as well. At least using it to your advantage if right. you're not going to be able to be at home. So what would you say is the biggest challenge of um, being? on the road and, you know, having a family, but being on the road. Uh, Well, it's just, uh, you know, the biggest challenge is probably what you do miss, you know, even though Mm. technology is great, Mm -hmm. even though uh, you can FaceTime, uh, Facebook live, Instagram live, what have you allows you still to participate in, in some things. Uh, There are times when you definitely have to be present in your children's lives. Uh, And so I try to balance that out, but that is probably the biggest challenge on the road. What are some of the more creative things that you've thought of or that you've done recognizing that you're on alone uh, on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like I mentioned the Instagram live face oh, okay. FaceTime okay. uh uh there was uh uh recently my daughter uh, went to dance at the University of Tennessee ba- ladies Vols game That's and awesome. I was going to I was missing that but my wife recorded it and sent it to me and it was I got to see it that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we got to celebrate that. And by the way, t- the day we're recording this is also my daughter Alyssa's 14th birthday. Oh, so nice. I need to wish her a happy <laughs> birthday here. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Yeah. So, That's uh awesome. uh she turned 14 going on, you know, 25 <laughs> slow down, right? They grow up really fast yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But those are those are some ways. Just using the, the technology for what it is, but and and but you have to again, you have to balance. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to if you're able to and you're in a position when you're traveling, you have to be able to balance to make sure that you have that you don't miss those critical moments. Yeah. That you have those times with your family. Right. And and you you know, use those times. Uh make sure that you uh use them for the utmost to help teach them to help uh to help nurture when it's with your kids and then to be there for your wife as well. Well, let's flip that for a second. Um, when you do get to stay home and you do get to spend time with your family, um, and doing family things mm-hmm. and making up for lost time, what are some things that you all do together when you are there right. um, um, to spend time together or to hang out together? Right. And so with my kids, they, they each have their own, their own interests, right? Alyssa is a dancer and Caden, he likes all sports. So he just got done with his basketball season. So I'm, I'm the dance dad, the basketball (laughs) dad. But then as a family, what we try to do is we try to get creative with our activities. So yeah, you'll probably, you might see us shopping one weekend, but then there might be a weekend where we're hiking in the, in the Smoky Mountains. Nice. Uh, Mount Leconte every year, uh, we, we go there and, uh, tradition. Yeah, it is. And you know, for a 14 and a, a 10, year old that and even even for my age right there may be a little whining toward the top <laughs> right uh, but uh, I can't breathe yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it, it's a great experience that we get to experience together mm-hmm. and it's a great experience that teaches some life lessons and one of the things the one of the reasons that I try to stay in shape is I, I went crazy in my older years, Chester, mm-hmm. and and I like these obstacle course races. I saw that you've been participating in those Spartan races, right? The Spartan yes. races, that I like. and so my my kids got to participate in some of those as well, and the kids' versions of that, and that was pretty awesome. But the great thing is, uh, with the, with those type of events, it teaches, it, it helps me to teach my children a little mm-hmm. bit. So, mm-hmm. like with those races, uh, I've learned four really key things that I would like to teach them. And and the first one would be, uh, we each have to run our own race. Mm -hmm. So with the Spartan races or the obstacle course races, um, you know, the tendency, any, any, well, any race, actually, you know, if you're running a 5k for fun, if you're running with someone else, you always think you have to 
run with that person. Right, right. But, a little but bit of competition, A little too. bit of competition <laughs> there. But the, the great thing is you have to run your own race, mm-hmm. right? So if you, a good point. If, you, uh, if you run too fast and burn yourself out or maybe you go too slow or what, what have you, you have to realize that you have to run your own race. Mm-hmm. The second big thing is, especially in the obstacle course races, even though you're running your own race, mm-hmm. there's a community of people there with you, yes. behind you, right, and and helping you. So it's it's great to see. Like I was running in one race in Atlanta, I'll never forget, and I shared this with my children when they were doing their race. Um, it was a group of veterans that there was a group of five guys, and one of them was in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and the four others were pulling this person along. And of course he was rolling his wheelchair and they would do the obstacles and they had a, a, a board, just a flat board. And if he couldn't do the obstacle, they'd carry him over. Mm-hmm. That's the type. He was still running his race, uh-huh. but that's the type of community that you have. And then the obstacles, you know, they'll, the reason I love obstacle course races is that, uh, you know, it challenges you. It's not, you know, I have to, Running to me gets boring <laughs> if you're just running. Uh, and I'm sure some people can, uh, you know, my wife enjoys run, just the running part. I, I have to running doing, is my least favorite. Yeah. Thing to do, so. Yeah. Same, same here. But, um, you know, ops, op, what the obstacle course races teach you is they'll slow you down, but you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's a life transition area that I can teach my kids when we're doing these together is look, you're going to face things in life that are going to slow you down. You're going to face things in life that are going to be difficult. You just got to keep going. That's true. You got to find a way to keep going. And then lastly, um, and the great thing about obstacle course races is I've never uh, done one where I have not failed an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, a life lesson. It's good to admit that, too, and and to be okay with that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to fail. And so if if you know anything about the Spartan races, and we're, we mentioned the Spartan races, and I'm not getting any royalties, but Spartan, if you want to throw some <laughs> my way. Uh, but uh, it, there's a penalty if you fail oh, okay. an obstacle. Okay. You have a 30 burpee penalty oh. that you're supposed Whoa. to complete before you continue. Mm-hmm. And um, – and so the uh, life transition, or a li- life tra- transition that into life, I should say, is there will be times where you fail because you're actually trying something. Mm-hmm. You're actually out there doing something, mm-hmm. and you will fail. Whatever happens when you fail, whatever punishment you have to take, exactly. that's okay. Well, the experience of just doing it Correct. is huge. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and take that. And so, you know, I want my children to learn that type of stuff. So, you know, the hikes to Lacan, even though they're very tough and it's the third highest peak in the Smokies mm-hmm. and it's hard to do, it teaches them a life lesson. The obstacle course races teaches them life lessons. So that's what, that's some of the things outside the realm that most people would feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I like to do. I like that. I like one of the things you pointed out too is, you know, having a support system and, and doing those things uh, together because you know that just for the past few years, um, I've been getting more active on social media and things mm-hmm. like that. And then also um, getting more active just physically. Uh, I think I've lost um, right at 70 pounds in the last year or so. And um, and one of the cool things that I've learned about that is the support system that you can have of people who sometimes you don't even know them personally, but you're all on a similar journey, mm-hmm. similar race, and people kind of connect with that, that they know that you're trying to do that. And, and so they support the idea of you doing that because they want to do that too. Right. And uh, I really like that. So I know that when you're on the road, you don't have a lot of choices sometimes of what you eat, or maybe you have too many choices. I don't know. For me, uh, drive throughs can just become, you know, it's like, oh man, do I have to do this again? Because, you know, I'm driving. But 
I know that dietary nutrition part has got to be hard. So how mm-hmm. do you handle that? Or what are some ways that you cope or keep yourself, you know, kind of at least trying to make good choices, eating, eating a good, healthy path? Um, how do you do that? Well, and to me, there's no magic bullet here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, again, it's discipline. Uh, and it's also don't beat yourself up. So part of, part of my journey mm-hmm. is I haven't really focused on the diet as much. Now, when I say that is I do try to eat clean, quote unquote, I'm not following any specific diet uh-huh. or, or what have you, but I will, you know, you know, the right choices to make mm-hmm. and you know, if you're overindulging in something, <laughs> right. right. And so <laughs> my friends who are listening right now that know that, uh, I am tempted by Chinese food or something <laughs> like that. They're like, yeah, sometimes you fall for that. Sometimes yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. You do mm-hmm. chips and salsa. Uh, you know, I love all Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you know, your temptations and you know, your limits and the, the, the the issue becomes just disciplining yourself just enough to and it starts you know it starts small so just start small don't mm-hmm. don't beat yourself up over something uh, if I, I heard a story one time of a gentleman who needed to lose some weight and his motto was shoes on mm-hmm. so every morning he put his sneakers on first thing and it in, you know inspired him to uh, uh, get up and move so same mm-hmm. with nutrition mm-hmm. right instead mm-hmm. of if you're used to eating two big, large hamburgers, just eat one. Right. Just start start with something different, or one and a half, right? Right, right. And just make those small <laughs> changes, steps. the baby steps, <laughs> and that that becomes, you know, how you can how you can improve day by day. Right. Let's change gears just a little bit. We talked about uh, the the physical side. Um, let's change the gears into the spiritual side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, being on the road offers a set of challenges of its own. When it comes to really to keeping your spiritual life in check and even just, you know, paying attention and, uh, you know, staying in, staying in prayer or, um, spending some time in the word and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, uh, for those listeners out there who are, who are believers or even listeners who are seeking for something, um, how does that come into play for you or does it? Well, it does. So, uh, it's funny. I tell the, the people at my church, uh, when I get to uh, hotel time, that's when I become dangerous because mm-hmm. I get to actually focus on things. I get to slow down a little bit and, and, and come up with some ideas maybe for the church ministries or, or uh, things that we can do. Uh, it's very important. So, again, it goes back to a little bit of discipline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have to discipline yourself. Um, First and foremost, for me, it's my relationship with Jesus, right? And so you have to discipline yourself each and every day to make sure that, you know, you have that connection. Uh, then it's, you know, Christ commanded us to be on mission. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when, you know, whatever vocation you may be in, use that to help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it keeps you humble, number one, but it also keeps you focused on, on what your mission is. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Stay plugged in. Uh, secrecy is always, um, you know, the is Satan's tool. Really, mm-hmm. uh, if if you're if you try to be secret about something or isolated, it becomes easier and easier to become uh, disinterested in what you you know what you need to be doing. So stay plugged in. Stay uh, connected. Have the great support system. Again, if you're traveling, have the support system at home. Mm-hmm. But um, and with your church or uh, your your faith family. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's interesting because uh, it's. It's easy to feel when you're traveling that you're alone. Mm-hmm. And so maybe realizing, you know, I'm not alone. 
And, um, you know, you can use that two ways. You're not alone. You need to keep yourself in check. But you're also you're not alone. You've, you've got a support system with you, even even though you may not feel it at the moment, you know. And um, then also you, you just knowing that you got family praying for you and, right. and things like that, too. So when we've talked about um, uh, wellness a little bit, oh, we talked about family relationships. So we've touched a little bit on what you do. But mm-hmm. let's get back to that for a second. I understand correctly. You do, if I understand correctly, you do a lot of relationship maintenance uh, right. with members or customers or, or whatever you guys right. call them. But what would you say from a business perspective is the most important aspect of maintaining relationships with people you're charged with serving? Well, first off, it's remember that everyone's unique and mm-hmm. everyone has a need. So, you know, in life you have to serve others. That's right. And, and part of leadership is being a servant leader. That's one thing that, that you'll hear me say a lot. So you have to be willing to make whoever you're dealing with at that time, your number one priority at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the person in front of you should be the most important correct. person at that time. Correct. Yep. And yep. so, and you, ha- and you have to, uh, Think about ways that you can help that person. But I always, I heard that and I heard that, you know, in in several classes in college or Mm -hmm. what have you. And I thought, well, that's great, but let's take it a step further. How can I help that person help someone else? Right. Right. And so that is, that is where leadership and and service leadership really comes in. It's not only am I helping this person, Mm -hmm. I'm helping this person help someone else. Oh, and see, I love that because that's kind of become my motto over the last couple of years is, you know, I want to make my difference helping, helping other people make theirs. Mm -hmm. And when you take out that side, you you take out the you part or the me part and really focus on other people and how they, what is it they want to do or that they need to do that will help them serve other people, that really changes things. It's, it's really all about leadership. Now, mm-hmm. I know being in the type of job you're in, that it takes a lot of self-motivation, mm-hmm. uh, commitment, determination from your perspective as sort of a one-person show, at least, uh, in terms of what you do directly, at least as it relates to being over maybe a specific region or area mm-hmm. or being the primary contact for a group of people. What sort of leadership theories or ideas do you follow that keep you motivated? What's what's your leadership philosophy? Well, uh, you know, I already mentioned the service, mm-hmm. serving as leaders. Um, it's funny because um, probably the most impressionable Quote I've heard on leadership, I guess, is the la- it came from Clint Eastwood in a movie, mm. uh, Heartbreak Ridge. My my father actually made me watch it. And I do not recommend it for young children. <laughs> okay, uh, it's it's not suitable. Maybe the TV version, right? Uh, That's but, like I, I love Gran Torino, but I would never recommend right, that to any. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in in that movie, it's a, it's about Marines, mm. and my father is a is a former Marine, and uh, he said in the movie he goes improvise, adapt, and overcome. And so, you know, you have to be able to be fluid in a way, right? You have to, you have to live by your convictions, but you also have to adapt to the situation you're Mm. in. And so, um, and know that if your convictions are correct, then you're going to do what's best for this person Mm -hmm. and to the needs of that person, to the needs of that person. Now, with that, you also have to realize another quote that I've heard is, uh, if you want to make everyone happy, go sell ice cream, right? <laughs> right so there are right. some times where you will be making decisions in, in the roles that you may be in, whatever leadership roles they mm-hmm. may be in, that will be unpopular. But again, live by your convictions, understand that you're trying to do what is best mm-hmm. for that person at that particular time. And for instance, I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a group at Robert Morris University outside of Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania one time, and it was a group of students 
And I spoke to them and I said, if, if ever you come and need anything, here's my information. Give me a call. Mm -hmm. Two years later, a gentleman reaches out to me and says, um, Hey, you came to my class. I'm two months from graduating. I don't have a job. Mm. I'd forgotten about this gentleman at this point. You offered. All right. I offered. (laughs) Right. And I'd forgotten about this person at this Mm -hmm. point. So I said, okay, okay. So send me your resume. I'll see what I can do. And it just so happened the same day. A buddy of mine that I dealt with in a former position called me up and says, hey, we have this uh, entry-level position that we're looking mm. for. Do you know of anybody? Wow. And I said, well, it just so happens mm-hmm. that uh, that this I got this resume. And I, and I said to the second person, I said, I have no recommendation for this person. Mm-hmm. However, he did send me his resume because uh, I did offer to pass this information along. Mm-hmm. And two months later, he moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Athens, Tennessee to start this new position. And see, that's awesome because you just never know. Correct. And we're, we're in the habit as, as people to say, hey, man, if you ever need anything, right? Let, let me know if you ever need anything. And, you know, very, very, uh, it's very rare that people follow up with that. And like mm-hmm. you said, you know, it's two years later. It's very rare that people come back and say, hey, one time you mentioned right. that you might be able to help with something. Um, and, you know, I think it's really great that you stayed true to your word. You mm-hmm. you offered that. You said that you would help with that. And and you did. And just, man, the timing on that is, the timing was, is really cool. I love it. Was it was really cool. I love it. So who are some influencers out there? I mean, I know that word is really popular right now. But people who are doing things that, that you're paying attention to that are doing things well or that you follow or – Maybe you like how they do things, and they've got something to say that that you like. Well, first and foremost, I'm I'm never going to start a list of influencers without first mentioning my grandfather mm. and then my dad. Okay, uh, two of the greatest men I've ever known. That's awesome. Um, after that, um, I have an eclectic group that I really follow. Uh, whether it's uh, Tim Ferriss on the podcast yes. side of things yeah. or mm-hmm. uh, Jocko Willink, who uh, I'm reading his book, Extreme Ownership, right now. Oh. Um, leadership guide, football coaches uh, such as Joe Gibbs or uh, um, Mike Shanahan, uh, former coach of the Denver Broncos, uh, or uh, seminary presidents or uh, like Dr. Al Mohler, uh, political leaders, right? I, on both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you can learn from from anyone, right? Yes. So you have to keep your eyes open. There are people that uh, I disagree with on uh, some convictional issues mm-hmm. that I still read mm-hmm. and follow just mm-hmm. because that way I learn from them. Absolutely. We learn from other people. And you know, I tell people all the time, uh, we're all influencers of one way or another. It's um, do we choose to be a positive influence or a negative influence? You know, what sort of influence are we making? But make no mistake, we're making an influence. So right. uh, you mentioned uh, a book earlier. What, what other things are you reading? Um, does necessarily have to be a leadership book necessarily, but just something else that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I did mention Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, too, yeah, for, yeah, for uh, listeners. Yeah, and then uh, I, I just got a book on uh, church leadership, actually, by uh, Dr. Mark Dever. Uh, it's Understanding Church Leadership mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read several blogs, podcasts uh, that I listen to, um, uh, the, probably the most influential book that I've ever read is actually The Millionaire Mind. It's oh, a, okay. y- a years ago book mm-hmm. that I would still the recommend to, yeah, to, to anyone. And then, um, let's see, what else? I re- <sighs> um, Center Church by Dr. Tim Keller is another one that okay. I've been reading. So I, I read quite a bit. I'll read bits and pieces here and there. I, I, I hate to say that I'm not a... Reading a book entire the way through, I'll read portion of it. 
Oh, start I, another I, one. I and live then, for having so several books yep. going at once, yep. and then I'll come back around. And, and quite honestly, I'm kind of easily distracted, so yep. I, I'll mark it. I'll put a post-it yep. note in there, and I'll come back to it another time. But I will eventually, eventually yeah. get to it. So, yep. tell me something. What, what's up next for you? What do you have going on that we may not have mentioned on the podcast today? Well, one of the things that I'm working on is you know, in, in thinking about trying to help people, and I call it a project. I don't mm-hmm. know if this will turn into a book okay. or an article or whatever, but it's it's helping people with uh, dealing with spiritual confusion, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with how they may you know be in a fog and not know which direction to turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been bouncing this around for a while. Uh, you know, one of the other things that I deal with and talk a lot about is helping people through transitions mm-hmm. in their lives mm-hmm. uh, because we all go through those transitions, yep. right? What are the what are the key factors to help in the, in those areas? And how do you it, know when it's time to move correct. and time to transition to correct. something else? Yes. And, and 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 what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. And and where where do you turn for advice? Mm-hmm. Right. And so dealing with those type things, I want to help people understand those. Uh you know, how to make a good decision, how to make a a, a bad decision or avoid a bad decision, I should you know, should say. Uh because, you know, we're all gonna to have to make those choices. And again, it goes back to some of the life lessons from the races, right? It's right. you may make a failure. Mm-hmm. You may have a failure. You there. are going to fail. You will I'm sorry, fail. listeners. Everybody's it, gonna fail at well, some point. And if you, but <laughs> if if you're not failing, you're not trying. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. you have to try and you may fail. How do you go about the steps of when you do fail, how do you recover? Mm-hmm. Or how do you, if you're trying to uh, minimize failure, how do you make those steps to minimize those yeah. those failures? So right. uh, making the best decisions that you can make. So. Yeah, I think that one p- thing that people struggle with is they feel like sometimes when they make a mistake or they fail that it's like all over. Right. You know, and so I think it's a really great point to, um, you know, we are all going to fail. It's it's what we do next that is so important. And there's always going to be something next, until there's, there's you know, all, right. until you until you're no longer here on this earth, there's going to be a next. Well, Correct. there's even going to be a next after that. So, right. uh, so that, that's great. So, how can people connect with you if they want to connect with you? Well, I'm on most of the socials. Uh, although, admittedly, I'm not a good Snapchatter. My daughter will tell you that. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into that uh, yet. Yeah. But Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Now, I will not throw shade at anyone, but mm-hmm. Facebook. If you try to hit me up on Facebook and I do not know you, I probably will not accept your friend request. <laughs> yeah, Facebook's been reserved for kind of my, the for friends family. that I know. Family, yeah. right, friends, right? Family and friends. That I know mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram is probably the best way to connect with. That's me. great. That's great. So, what's the last thing? We're going to wrap it up. What's something that you would like to leave with listeners today? Uh, just look up to God and look out to serve. Mm, love it. Love it. Hey, thanks so much for being with me today, Chester. Thanks I so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Leader About Stories podcast. We really appreciate having Ralton on today and listening to his, a little bit of his story. So thankful to have him with us, and thankful to have you listening today. So until next time, keep learning, keep leading, keep living, and go out and find a way to make your difference helping somebody else make theirs and we'll see you next time on the leader bite stories podcast thanks for listening to the leader bite podcast bite-sized conversations about leadership learning and life keep the conversation going at chestergo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having